you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the League podcast starts at QB for the Jaguars this week. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Usually stretch out my Fair. name a little bit. Not that time. Greg well, Rosenthal. You know what? I didn't even notice that, but maybe it's because the show is so chock full of entertainment value, we need to cut down the name a little bit. Rod yeah. Roddy would be Specifically that name? <laughs> and Interesting. We've, we've lost that time now by discussing why it was cut down. So it kind of defeats the purpose. So, all right, why don't we get going? Like we said, big show today. Let's start with Thursday Night Football. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, you know, they were showing a lot of hints of also-ran status in the NFC. Uh, this was a quite a signifier that they truly are just a middle of the pack or below team Seahawks went in there and took care of business rather easily. Yeah. They, this is a bad combination. The Bruce Arians, Carson Palmer duo. Uh, we've seen Colts fans and Steelers fans know all about their quarterbacks getting beat for four quarters because Arians sends out his receivers deep down the field, drops his quarterback and doesn't provide any protection, any extra help for the tackles. That works when you have a solid offensive line, a good running back, it doesn't work when you have Rashard Mendenhall and two swinging gates at the tackles and an interior that's pretty bad, too. We mentioned Bradley Soule on Wednesday's practice. He took over for Levi Brown after the trade, and he just got abused last night. They had, There's no two ways about it. They have to replace him. He's that bad. I texted Wes during the game and basically said, the Cardinals' inability to find tackles is it's stunning. And Carson Palmer looked like a Lego figure running around out there. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point, though, it has to come to Arians that why aren't you giving them more help? It, I thought it was smart. People were talking about it on Twitter. Basically, it's easier to blame the offensive tackles, oh, they stink, than admit that maybe there's something wrong with our offense because they're not playing to their strengths by doing that. I, 
I, watching the quarterback play to me jumped out. You you have Carson Palmer, who's almost like a man out of time at this point. If if the year was 1991, <laughs> I feel like he'd still be a top-level quarterback or something close to it. But putting him in, in the year 2013, the way he moves and the way he operates, and even the way he looks, he looks like a Ken O'Brien type. And then you have on the other side of the field Russell Wilson, who's the prototype of what an NFL quarterback is today. I mean, it was so stark to see the two opposite sides, and it's not a surprise why one team is an ascendant team and one team is just floundering. Well, what is very impressive about Arizona, though, is, is their defense, I think, is playing at a level that kept them in last week's game against the Niners, you know, to a degree where Arians went on the mic after and said, we just aren't strong enough to hang with this type of team. That's the same thing that happened last night. But Russell Wilson had his hands full with that defense. I thought they played fine. I thought the defense played fine. Russell Wilson had a magical game. He just made great play after great play after great play. And the Cardinals' offense kept putting the defense in a bad situation. Absolutely. You can't say the defense was great when they give up two 80-yard touchdowns Right off the top, the Cardinals. No, I'm just saying, it's something to build off, though, because they are getting great. We already knew there was talent there when Horton was there as well, but it is the stronger side of their team. I think with with Palmer, that Cardinals are stuck in the mud with that quarterback. We're, obviously. we're burying the lead a little bit here. Carson Palmer has thrown two interceptions in five straight games. He's the First quarterback to do that, I think. In Why almost- does Greg have his wallet out? <laughs> I don't know. I just like <laughs> randomly I thought he had a picture of Carson Palmer in there. <laughs> it's his. It's his wife, his child, and then Carson Palmer <laughs> in that order. And you know, we're talking about Palmer, and that's it, it's historically bad how many interceptions he's thrown. But West just you know happened to mention, oh, Russell Wilson had an electric game. That that was one of the most entertaining, awesome performances. We've seen all season, I thought. I mean, he made every kind of play you can possibly make, whether it's making an improvisational deep throw that he had to Rice or such a great touch pass on the second touchdown to Miller. And my favorite throw was when they blitzed the uh, Honey Badger and Russell Wilson's running to the side at full speed. He's got two defenders on him, and he throws a fastball to the sideline to Sidney Rice, and that play ends up getting overturned. It was a catch that was an unbelievable throw, and people talk about arm strength with him. I don't know if he's like Drew Brees and Brady. It seems like his arm is getting even stronger. So you do the QB index, I'm sure. I've gotten all these questions on Twitter. You must be getting them, too. What's wrong with Russell Wilson? Last night, I didn't think there was anything wrong with him. I think maybe he's been a little bit down this year because of the offensive line, but I don't think there's anything wrong whatsoever with Russell Wilson. You know, on that deep pass that opened the game, Credit to Rice as well. He adjusted on his route, and that just shows how in sync they are. You can't find that on a lot of teams. I mean, Wilson is young, and he's incredibly smart, too. Reminds me of last year. I think he's getting better as the season goes along. He had a bad September last year, too. And, you know, for Cardinals fans, hang in there because uh, Carson Palmer will tell you that it's not too early to uh, don't give up yet, basically. We got a stretch of very winnable games coming up. We just had two very difficult division games. So if you're a Falcons fan and a Texans fan, that can't feel good, can it? Yeah, he, that's the lowest <laughs> moment of the season. When Carson Palmer is calling you a winnable game, Falcons fans, Texans fans, that, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's true. Um, okay, let's move on to the uh, upcoming Sunday games. As we do every week, we will start with uh, the showcase games that really jump out to us. And you cannot avoid it, the biggest game of the week, the Denver Broncos with quarterback Peyton Manning head back to Indianapolis to face the Colts. What are you guys thinking about this? Greg. Well, I picked the Colts, and uh, a lot of people on Twitter have called me an idiot for this pick. And It's, it's a, a hero pick, by the way. But you is, don't care about the public on any level, so. 
Well, I, first of all, I'm feeling it. I'm kind of like Sessler when he took the lead in the picks last week. I've got a little bit of a cushion right now. Sessler didn't play it safe. He just kept rolling the dice and getting even wackier and wackier, and it yeah. paid off, and he ended up routing the rest of us. So I want to I wanna be bold. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, now Sessler's way back. Not Sessler as- was like uh, Kevin Costner in Tin and uh, what is that Tin Cup, where he was he just kept on hitting the ball over and over and over again. Out <laughs> now of I'm bounds. like Kevin Costner in Waterworld. <laughs> what, is, there, what does that make Dan though? Then he's behind you, in uh, last place for a second. It would year. be that movie where he needs the swing vote to become president. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? The, I think the Colts can beat Manning because they have a quarterback that can stick with him toe to toe. I think this is the best defense that the Broncos have faced since week one in Baltimore, and maybe that wasn't quite even the Ravens' defense at that point. And I also think this hasn't been a great Broncos team the last two weeks. I think that's worth pointing out. They won in three point, by three points in Dallas. They struggled to put Jacksonville away. So it doesn't seem that crazy to me that they go to one of the better teams in the AFC and lose on the road. And now they have Von Miller in to just swat down your theory that they haven't been great the last two weeks because they just brought in the... Arguably the second-best defensive player in the NFL. Yeah, that has actually been completely lost in the shuffle with all this Ursay, Polian, Luck, Fox madness, is that the second-best defensive player in all football now joins a undefeated team uh, on a potentially historic run. That That is going Not to, to be a big factor. Champ Bailey came back last week, worked his way back in. Now he's got another game under his belt. That's two key defenders coming back. Bailey got a little fried by Justin Blackman last week, though. He did, but he hadn't played. This was basically his training camp. Let me ask you a quick question, because you know, we just saw the Chargers take care of business against Indy. You said ask you. Who specifically are you referring I'm to I'm going right now? to throw it to the room. Or maybe <laughs> okay. just Crystal, because she seems a little more amiable today than the rest. Um, <laughs> yeah, they can hang with Denver because they're a tough team, and I think they've won a couple of games that show how gritty they are. But let's say in a bad situation, the Broncos put up 30 points. That's a bad day for them. Are we... Feeling secure that Indianapolis offense under Pep Hamilton can go and hang with that? They believe they're a power-running offense. They are mistaken in that belief. And uh, the Broncos are number one in the NFL in run defense. So this could be the game where they take the reins off of luck, knowing that they're going to have to keep up with Peyton Manning. I know it was a different sort of game, but they did score more than 30 points against the Seahawks at home. Uh, they did drill the 49ers on the road. It's not like this hasn't been a team that can do some giant killing. And I, I'm feeling a little bit Sessler in terms of this pick. Like, gotta roll with it. A little mystical, you know. Got a Sessler. <laughs> Greg has Wait, a vi- what's that? <laughs> Football is, you know, it's a sport for well the. Played, it's a sport for the young, you know. And Peyton, <laughs> where is this going? <laughs> Peyton Manning's time. He's the great greatest quarterback in the league right now and they're the best team but it's a time for the young and it's time for Andrew Luck to have that signature game that everyone realizes he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. This is that, sounds like, like, uh, that sounds like a wonderful argument except for the fact that the old quarterback is off to the best start in the history of the NFL and it's a young man's game. I, th- I thought Greg's rant sounded like Bob Costas at halftime. <laughs> Football is for the youth. <laughs> Mike, Listen to me. Mike Silver had a great theory, which I don't buy, but it was really interesting that maybe Ursay was you know, throwing these things out there this week to make the game feel a little bigger because Peyton Manning hasn't necessarily always been at his best when the game's a little bigger. And you, you get a little older. Tom Brady maybe holds that ball a little tighter in Here the Super go. Bowl. Is Tom Watson holds that p- 
putter, you know, at the British Second Open or whatever it was. Is, is Ursa capable of that level of no. Ma- Machiavellian Nellian thought? Machiavellian, no. Machiavellian thought? <laughs> no, not at all. Speaking of uh, Peyton Manning, we spoke on the last podcast about, you know, Damashek's feeling uh, that it, that the comments made by Ursa were negative. We... we uh, in some levels, um, some level denigrated what uh, Damashek <laughs> said. The Damashek fans came out of the woodwork on Twitter and uh, went after Mark, you and I specifically, uh, saying that we were not grateful to Damashek for giving us our star- start in the podcast studio. Mark, I'm going to throw it to you on this. I actually said not a word during the show, but I love how you package <laughs> me into a controversy because you can't handle it on your own. <laughs> Listen, we love Damashek. I don't know what else there's to say. Sessler always thinks he's above the fray when he's directly I in the fray. I simply said nothing. I, we- fe- I feel like I know how Jim Mercy and Peyton Manning you know, feel because they, I think it's Greg that needs to be answering. Uh, yeah, to all I, mean, this. I really think Greg not, was not a little us. bit. He skewed negative. We love Dave and we appreciate Damashek. We're <laughs> we huge fans. I'm a huge Greg's <laughs> a little bit of a, you know a, he was a little bit of negative Nelly towards Damashek. So Greg, this is your chance to apologize to Dave. I've been a huge fan now of you Damashek. Blame Wes. Now since, you blame Wes. <laughs> since before I was here, Damashek was the guy. I loved at NFL.com. I would listen to him. Give me a break. People on Twitter are taking my coats. Quotes out of context. I will take the, the heat problem. here. It's, it's my fault. <laughs> Thank you, Wes. That's uh, yeah. noble. We Dave, tried. Dave is a good man, but I did accuse him of equating wrestling with journalism, and I was I was out of line. Oh, wow. So that is an around-the-league uh, apology wow. to Dave Damshek, a man that we respect. A great man. This would be a good time for more mystical wind. <laughs> I don't know why. Just because I love it so much. Yes. Is someone dying in the background? <laughs> That's like a wolf. I all right. Think, I think it's a moose. A moose? It does sound a little like Northern Exposure. Um, all right, let's move on. The New York Jets I, are hosting the New England Patriots. This would have been a battle for first place if the Jets beat a winless team on Sunday and the Patriots lost to the Saints, which they didn't. Instead, the Pats are cruising at the top of the AFC East, and now they have Rob Gronkowski finally cleared. We learned this morning that through, I guess, not only initially his agent, but then a very bizarre uh, YouTube offering from Gronkowski himself, where he's shown, what well, wandering through the Patriots locker room in a melancholy mood. Well, it definitely was not a Patriots locker room, because well, this was not sanctioned by the team, this video. Not at all. But he's, so he's back. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that Gronk, what we've heard is he's been dominant in practice. I don't see why that can't happen in the field. I think he, uh, he'll make a big difference for this offense. That no was, that no was like Danny Amendola, though, probably. No Aqib Tlaib. Aren't they getting no used Jared to Mann. that? Like, Amendola's there every third game at this point. <laughs> right. That is also, Gronk, it was like an off-brand energy drink. You would think it was Gatorade or Powerade. It was something else even more bizarre. But, I uh, listen, it's perfect Jets luck that Gronk finally comes back in this game. Uh, Greg, you're waving your arms. But, listen, as a Jets fan, you were hoping that maybe this would last one more week. And it didn't. He's back. The question is, is he, we assume he's healthy after all this, that, that all the process to get him back on the field. Is he going to instantly be Gronk? I certainly expect him to be targeted often, but how many snaps is he going to play? Like, what are we going to get from him? Well, we've pointed out with Jason Pierre-Paul about back injuries, and you can't just assume that he will revert to his pre-injury form. But from all the stories we're hearing out of Pat's practices, he's look, he looks pretty good. His- Historically, the Patriots are very careful when they bring people back they keep people on the sidelines i think longer than most and then when they put them on the field they just do it they well, don't they don't wait gronk is a notable exception though because they brought him back and he lasted one series or two series in houston in that houston playoff game i mean if i'm a patriots fan um 
and Greg, tell me if I'm wrong, I'm very nervous about those first two or three t- uh, shots that Gronk takes or when he hits the ground because you really don't know how that arm's going to react. In general, he's an injury risk, whether it's his arm, his back, but I'm not that nervous. Gronk is an indestructible force of nature. Wow, that seems like you're just <laughs> spitting at the sky right now. Um, spitting at the sky. Yep. Don't spit in the sky. That's what they say. And by the way, talk Into about the bad luck. You're talking about bad luck on a week that they just lost half their defense, <laughs> all their defensive best players. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, Wes and I both took the Jets. I, I, I kind of had a Sessler about the Jets, but I know Wes has not really been on board the Jets train this year. I'm curious. Why did you pick the Jets? I am incapable of having a Sessler. Yeah. Uh, I picked the Jets because the pa- Patriots were so banged up, and I didn't know at the time they would have Gronk. That changes things. I, if I had to go back, that might actually push me over towards the Patriots side. Hmm. Wait, can you? Is Gronk a big enough name where you could change your pick? Does, why does it have to be a quarterback? I don't have a problem with that. If you really wanted to, generally we try to avoid setting up heroes or taking away hero picks by changing picks. But I don't really. That care. would be. That would be a lot of strategy for me to purposely give Dan a hero pick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The, it's, it's starting to feel dirty for some reason. All right, we have a big NFC East matchup, the Cowboys and Eagles. Uh, Mark Sessler, where, where do you see? I know you think the Cowboys are a potential division winner at 8-8, eight and eight, so that would tell me that this division could get even tighter on Sunday potentially. Am I right? Well, I think it would be hard a- to get tighter than tied. That's right. Craig is right. It's like <laughs> mathematically. That's true. That's it's actually a, a guarantee point. that the division will get less tight. <laughs> this is an. It's like every other week with the Cowboys. I feel like it's it's a game where, you know, it sets up well for them in terms of the defense they're playing, and uh, you know Dallas has to take control of. I think they are, in my opinion, clearly the best team, most balanced team in this division. I'm not sure that's saying much at all, but. I actually think Foles, and I know that some people in this room don't agree with this, gives Philadelphia a little bit more of a balanced um, ability to attack teams through the pass a little bit more constructively than Vic does on some level. I think let's see him do this against a team that didn't throw in the towel like the Buccaneers. Who um, I went back and watched that game this morning. Their defense did not look... <laughs> uh, they weren't firing on all cylinders. But did he... Make some nice passes, or didn't he? He did. He played better than I thought he would, and better than I advertised last week. So I was wrong about Nick Foles. Uh, you, you talk about Nick Foles like he's Thad Lewis or, or, or worse than that. No, he's, he's been pretty good. He has been good. I don't think he gives them a better chance to win on a weekly basis than Michael Vick does, but maybe I'll change my mind in a couple of weeks. I'll be interested to see the Cowboys. You know, they seem to be one of those teams that are scared of their own shadow or any modicum of true success. I mean, they had a great game against the Broncos that they just missed pulling out. They took care of business against the Redskins. I want to see them go into Philadelphia and take hold of this division. But I, I don't know. I, I just don't trust them because I haven't seen that, that from this team in a long time, an ability to really get on a roll. You know, it's strange. In this division, if one of these teams really had – the ability to seize control, like you're saying, they could walk out of here with a 12-4 and record if there was a real talented team because of the nature of the rest of this division is so low that you could almost go 5-1, and 6-0. and But the Cowboys, they'll go 3-3 and because they aren't the team that's able to do that. Greg, by the way, if the Cowboys win on Sunday, it's a statement victory. Oh, that, like that's those. your favorite. And yeah. then they'll have some swagger back. The swagger comes the week after. First statement, then swagger. It would be. Well, they, don't, they won't have DeMarcus Ware, most likely, and they won't have... Uh, DeMarco Murray, 
That's pretty significant. That's a big loss in the backfield. I, I want to get out in front of this, though. I am all aboard the Nick Foles bandwagon, and I really wouldn't be surprised if four or five weeks from now we're talking that this is one of the big stories in the NFL, how well the offense is playing with Nick Foles and that he stays the starter and that they're winning this division. Wait, so you're driving Ryan Tannehill's bandwagon, but part he, of you he is seems also to have abandoned one that in. one on a rut in Oklahoma. No, no, I'm still with that. He's been on a bye week, you know. I had to... <laughs> Go drive something else for a week. It is certainly out of Vic's hands whether he realizes it or or not now. I mean, now that he's kind of sidelined by this hamstring issue, if Foles plays well again, there's no way Vic's getting the job back, right? Well, why do you put all your eggs in the basket with Vic at this point? I don't think he's even going to be back in Philadelphia next year. He's done a nice job this year, but but they've got to see what they have going forward. Our final big game of the week. Uh, We have this... This group of gentlemen, we've all been kind of on the Lions bandwagon. Now they have the Bengals coming to town. Chris Wessling, are the Lions going to continue to uh, stay hot in the NFL? Yes. I have, <laughs> I somehow, I have somehow been appointed the Cincinnati Bengals ambassador here. Uh, but they don't play well on the road. They're a much better team in Cincinnati. They're going to Detroit. And we've mentioned several times the Lions are a much different team when they have Reggie Bush and Calvin Johnson healthy. Johnson practiced, I think, every day this week, which is a big sign for him. He, sometimes he doesn't even practice on Wednesdays when he's healthy. So, to me, that's a g- very good sign. The Lions are at near full strength here. I think they're a better team, especially at home. You know the most uh, absurd subplot to this game was just made public about an hour ago when Lions defensive coordinator Gunther Cunningham said out loud in public that Andy Dalton reminds him of Dan Fouts. What? Are Said we, in a press conference. Are we allowed to accuse uh, coaches of senility? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> Maybe he meant Andy Dalton's mobility compared to Dan Fouts' mobility right now. All right. Oh, I'll, I'll well, that's it. fair. In that case, that would, be, that would be accurate. I've seen Dan Fouts moving around at Super Bowls in the last couple of years. It's okay. I'd like to see Andy Dalton with a big red beard. Like uh, Dan Fouts had that like chip uh, captain's beard. Well... With the Bengals, Bengals, I know people have been slow to buy in, and I think the whole Andy Dalton AD thing is a, a big part of it. But, uh, you know, we probably should – they deserve a lot. If they can go in and get a win here, we are we safe to buy into a 5-2 and two Bengals team? I'm think- amazed none of us picked the Bengals. I mean, they've played pretty well. Dalton's had two nice games in a row. I know the stats weren't great two weeks ago, but I thought he played well, and he played very well in Buffalo last week. We are slow to buy in. Why do, why do we not buy the Bengals? I guess it's Dalton. They beat the Patriots, too. I mean, it's, it's not that these aren't, you know, victories of note. But for me, it's, it starts let's, and stops with the quarterback. Let's not also undersell our lack of faith in Marvin Lewis's in-game coaching ability. He did what we accuse a lot of coaches of doing last week, let the Bills back into the game because he took his foot off the gas pedal. And Marvin Lewis has been doing this for a decade. And if the Lions win this game, to flip that around, they've been flying under the radar they were a terrible team last year. I know they were unlucky, but they won four games last year. They would already be at 5-2 and two and kind of one of the surprise stories of the year. And Stafford, once again, has uh, his receivers have dropped the most passes in the NFL. He's playing at a much higher level this year than he did last year. I agree. He's moving well. He, he was a lot of fun to watch this week. I think he's kind of taken that next step that we've looked for some of these young quarterbacks to take. I think he's taken it. Okay, so those are the four big games of the week, uh, but there are plenty of other good ones. But right now, we're going to move on to America's favorite segment. (laughs) 
Defend your hero. Wow. It's mm. a softer, cuddlier version of the, Hank. K. Rich, how did you describe that before the show? That is what we call Friday seduction. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Friday seduction. Uh, it's seduction Friday here. But uh, all right, so let's go through the games that uh, Hero Pick is, as you probably know if you listen to the podcast. We all pick games. If only one of us chooses a team out of the group, that is a hero pick. And uh, we will start with Mark Sessler, who chose the Tennessee Titans to beat the San Francisco 49ers. It's an Mm. interesting call. Sessler, who went 0 for 4 on his hero picks last week, needs a bounce back. Yeah, I feel uh, equally directionless (laughs) on this one. I don't know if I might have made a typo when I sent my picks in because I can't draw back into memory and remember why I was propelled to pick this is uh, so gutless this explanation Tennessee. <laughs> I just don't know this. you know I will how say, he works he had a Sessler this no, is the worst I, defense I've ever heard it's not a defense here, here <laughs> is what typo. I see though I picked the Colts <laughs> I was the only picker in the country that picked the Colts over the Niners back when that happened according to that crazy website out of England and uh, I think Tennessee is the type of team that is a little bit grittier than people give him credit for on defense. Could play, you know, maybe hang with San Fran here. Locker, it looks like he took the majority of snaps today. I think the news out of that game is he may play. We don't know. If he does, I like this a lot better. If, he, if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, I need to really probably check my picks each week with a sentient individual because I don't know what happened here. By the way, if you're going, if you're going to give a half-hearted plug, it is I believe half-hearted. it's called Pickwatch, the, the crazy site out of England. So give him a little love. I like Pickwatch. And... If Jake Locker plays, it's not going to be good news for you or Jake Locker. He's limping through practice. He's not going to be able to escape the pocket on a bad hip and a bad knee. Why not give him through the bye and then bring him back healthy? Here's the argument. The Titans defense is very good, and we have not seen Colin Kaepernick and that 49ers offense look that great against a quality defense. You could see this being a 16-13 game where crazy things happen. Vernon Davis, back-to-back 60-yard plays. 60-yard plays in back-to-back games. The last tight end to do that in the NFL was on talk radio in Cincinnati when I was growing up. Bob mm. Trumpy. Mm. Bob Trumpy, one of the great NBC announcers from back yeah, in the day. He is. Huh? Or was. Um, okay, so I'll, I had two hero picks, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm currently one game behind Greg in the hero competition. Greg, you have four selected, correct, at this point? Yes. Uh, That's correct. I have three. My first one that I'll talk about is the Ravens uh, at Steelers. This is listen. The Steelers I thought looked really good against the Jets last week, um, but at the at the end of the day, am I am I really ready to buy in that they're going to get back into this thing? I almost was in, but ultimately I think this is a game the Ravens will take care of business. I think they are the better team, and uh, I think they win. But I'm alone on an island on this. Why do you guys think uh, that the Steelers will win? I think it's weird that all the rest of us took Pittsburgh. Yeah, the fans, if you go to the pick up pick pick'em on NFL.com, and you can see all our picks there if you look under the uh, experts category, which I hate that word. But, it's the worst. But you can find our picks there if you're ever curious. The, the fans are all choosing the Ravens, so that's the consensus pick. We've been kind of waiting for the Steelers to come back all year. We've thought that they're much better than the record. You said that the Ravens are a better team. I think that they were a better team in September. I think now that Heath Miller's healthy, Le'Veon Vell's healthy, I think the Steelers are a better team than the Ravens right now. The Ravens' defense has been the best group in this game. It's consistently good. I put Terrell Suggs in my top five of defensive player of the years. He's been outstanding. So you just worry if the Steelers are going to be able to move the ball at all against them. Uh, My other hero pick, uh, 
This one was also a bit of a surprise. Maybe, ah, well, not really, actually. I took the Redskins uh, to beat the Bears. I'm not sold on the Bears. The games I've watched, they, they don't seem to be a dominant team. And I, I think they're cer- certainly capable of being beat. But part of this is I still, every week, kind of think this will be the game where RG3 kind of puts it together. Uh, that's why I picked them to beat the Cowboys last week, and I was wrong. Um, this week, you know, I don't know if it's a Sessler or what, but I, I think this is the week where the Redskins beat a Bears team that isn't quite as good as their record says they are right now. I don't love the combination of Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Matt Forte, Martellus Bennett against a defense that really hasn't shown the ability to stop any team that has more than one weapon. And, yeah, I agree, RG3, obviously, he's, he, he's, a, he's been better each week, and there's, there's noticeable growth, but Chicago, for me, felt like the safe pick. Well, he wasn't better last week, though. He ran the ball, and that got everyone excited. But it was one of his least accurate games as a pro, and I think that's a concern for them that they had such a bad perform. You know, everyone's thinking, okay, when he runs, then it's all going to be fine. But he did it last week, and they got whacked. He's not a good quarterback right now. I mean, that's they've one touchdown in the first half all season. He's not a good quarterback. He's only done well in garbage time. So, I, you know, basically he's Carson Palmer. Wow. <laughs> I don't know about wow. that. There's, and, uh, the, there's your napalm for and, the day. Uh, yeah, let's the, just get out of here. We're wow. not going to get any stronger no. than that. And one storyline here, the Bears' defense is a sneakily very bad defense right now. Yeah. They're well, not, they have been crushed with injuries. They're looking a lot different than they were week one or two, no question. And is Julius Peppers the same guy at this stage? Or is no. he even close? No. no. But the combination of RG3 being Carson Palmer and Chicago's bad defense, who wins out there, Wes? Uh <laughs> Well, he took you, the Bears. I mean, you've, you've, you've crushed everyone here. There's no playing field. No one exists in this. <laughs> well, I took the Bears. Here. Everything's I, gone. I took the Bears because their offense is the strongest unit in this game. I took. I totally agree with Dan's points about the Bears, but my pick is just a pick against the Redskins. I picked against them every week. That's worked out well so far. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing it. Um, all right. The, the final here, we usually don't uh, include in this segment the hero picks by our Chicago correspondent, Kevin Patra. But we felt like we needed to at least bring it up. He took the Jacksonville Jaguars to get their first win of the season uh, over the Chargers. Um, Wes, I, I don't know. Is there is there a way maybe you can uh, speak for Patra and make a case for the Jaguars? I volunteered to take Patra's place because uh, I have a fondness for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are part of my Bermuda Triangle of Southern teams that the rest of the country just doesn't care about. And I have a, <laughs> I feel like it's the burden is on me to defend them. And then I realized this pick is indefensible. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Blackman has a hamstring injury. Cecil Shorts has a clavicle injury. To me, these are the two bright spots on the team. Blackman especially has played great. And uh, if they're at less than peak strength against uh, a guy who really has been an MVP candidate in Phillip Rivers, I don't see this going well for the Jaguars. Well, So I, I, I'm not defending them. <laughs> Patra's out of his tree. This segment has been very consistent with the theme. Cecil Short <laughs> says he plans to play, so we'll see. Well, if, that's good. Cecil. We'll see if that happens. If ever there was a day that Chad Henney could turn in, turn the season around, maybe against the Chargers defense. I Not never a great thought defense. I'd hear the phrase "Chad Henney turn the season around." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, listen. I think Justin Blackman. He's he's the reason why you you can make an argument that they could steal a game at any week. Now, I mean, this guy has the potential to be a true top 10, top 5 wide receiver, right? The talent's all there. I think there's two major differences with him this year. He's obviously in much better shape. He's in tip-top shape right now, whereas last year he came in, frankly, overweight. Um, And the other difference is I like the way that Jed Fish is using him. 
they're using his after-the-catch skills a lot more running those slants, and I don't think they did that last year. Okay, so those are our hero picks. Uh, now we move on to the orphans. These are the games that, uh, you know, they're the leftovers. But listen, there's a lot of good games still here, and we're going to treat them with respect. We'll start with Chris Wessling, uh, the Bucks. They're looking for that first win, and they're going against the, an Atlanta team that, let's face it, they lose this game, you know, pack up the, the truck and go home. Yeah, I think I picked the Falcons in this game because uh, they before the season they rarely lost at home. They've lost twice in a row. I don't see them going down a third time against a Buccaneers team that I am I don't think is trying as hard as they should. I, I think Glennon played better than I expected, but I'm not sure about the rest of that team. The defense did not impress me last week, uh, and frankly, I don't think the Falcons are that good. But I'm picking them because they're the home team here. What a test this is for Matt Ryan. You know, it sounds like they're not going to have Roddy White, that he'll finally miss a game. Steven Jackson's out. Julio Jones is obviously out. This is not this is not really the Falcons anymore. I agree, and I, I fully expect Matt Ryan to fall on his face. <laughs> Jeez. He's played well this year. <laughs> Julio Jones is one of the best players in the NFL. They're a different offense without him. Take away Roddy White. He just said they're not the same team. Well, here's a sneaky competitive game. We'll move on. St. Louis and Carolina. Um, you know, a lot of us, I think all of us in this room, basically had buried the Rams after, uh, you know, those three straight losses. Now they've won two in a row. And then Carolina, you have a team that had Cam Newton play maybe his best game of the year. Um, they have a couple of really good victories now to their ledger. So maybe we, maybe it's time to buy in a little bit over on the Panthers. Win, over winless teams. Fair. Very fair. But he, you know, Newton looked really good in both games. So I see a very close game here. Uh, do you guys agree, and who do you have in this? I don't like the matchup of St. Louis's re- still very vanilla, uh, stagnant offense against Carolina's defense, which, and I, you know, Wes mentioned this on the last show, Carolina is the kind of team that could end up 10-6. and six. I don't think anyone, one of us would be that surprised. I and I don't, I don't like St. Louis in this game. The Rams' offense has been a buttoned-up version the last couple of weeks. They've... They went from passing the ball 70% of the time over the past four weeks to passing it 40% of the time because of game momentum, and maybe they've decided they need to rely more on Zach Stacy. That bodes poorly for them against the Panthers' defense that's been shutting down run games. They'll have to put more on Sam Bradford's plate, and he hasn't played as well when he's the focal point of the offense. We all picked the Panthers, and I, I feel like we all want to believe Cam Newton can string together a couple of great performances. He hasn't done it. He's kind of followed up the good performance with the bad one. So this is a tougher matchup for them. Well, let's not forget, Wes wrote a great piece about Ron Rivera, who has essentially changed as a human being he when said, it comes hey, to offense. mid-career <laughs> epiphany. He That's hit, big. It is. I, I think it's a major story, and it's Wait, not we getting believe that. I think we I do. do. It was it was proven on the field. It's last bearing week. out on the field. Yeah, I like to imagine him levitating over his bed and this all coming to him. I like when a coach says, moment. "I've learned a lesson." People can change, Dan. I've learned a lesson. Field goals aren't good enough to beat touchdowns. We'll see. We'll see in a key game in a close second <laughs> half if he still is as aggressive. I mean, this is in the first half, first drive against the Vikings. He has a checklist of thirty-two items for each game, so it's not just like he's going by a Sessler at the end of the game. He actually has this list that he consults now, and apparently the list has changed to a more aggressive list. Well, what is the, what's, on the, what's on the list? Show some balls, Ron. Like, that's number 24. What is, what's going on? Maybe it is. I would like to have a gander at that list. K. Rich, can we say balls, or should Greg say testicles? 
Feel free to say balls. Okay, good. Um, all right, so unless anybody else has something to say about I that game. I think that's probably we can yeah, close we can out with that. Yeah, we can leave it there. Let's actually sign off for good on the podcast. No. Um, all right, so this game, we'll throw this one back to Greg because Greg Rosenthal is the number one Miami Dolphins cheerleader. Um, they started out 3-0, and lost two in a row. We had Brian Hartline in the studio last week. I asked him specifically, why shouldn't we think this is now going to be a Dolphins collapse? He said, this is a different team. With Buffalo coming into town, that's a, that not a great team. Dolphins have to protect the home court here, right? We all picked them, and it is a game that you would think that they win. But I think Buffalo's been better than the record, and Miami maybe not quite as good as the record. I don't know what to think about this Dolphins team yet. I mean, I, we're only six weeks into the season, and they're one of those teams I don't have a feel on, whether they can be good or not. I think this Buffalo team is... Again, we saw it last week. They're better than you think. I think they're a pretty good defense. Thad Lewis is good enough to win a game. I, I believe that. So it wouldn't shock me if we end up going 0-5 in this game. You know, with Thad Lewis, real quick, like they, they spent all summer coaching him and developing him. And I, it's, it's, just, it's an interesting piece because they could have gone out and gotten a veteran, some guy off the street, and they stuck with the guy off the practice squad, which usually is a sign of complete disaster if you're down to that guy. But you know what? He, I thought he played real well last week for this for what we thought he'd be. Right, but can he string that together and make it more? He than He was one competitive. Good game? I mean, yeah, that's a fair question. We have to see, but I, I it's not a, a it's not a complete step down scheme wise. They're able to do with him what they did with Manuel to some degree. They didn't let him throw the ball until the Bengals went into pre- prevent defense last week. They were extremely run heavy until that game got to be a two touchdown lead for the Bengals. But do you feel like he played? Above what people would have thought we'd get from Thad Lewis. Yes. There was a major difference between him and uh, Jeff Toole. I thought so, too. The Dolphins' offense might not be very good. I mean, I'm talking one of the ten worst offenses in the league. I think Tannehill, for the most part, has taken a step forward this year. But it's not a good. It's not a good offense. It wouldn't surprise me to see the Bills hold them under 15 points. Well, and they're not like protecting their quarterback. He's getting killed. That's How long can that last before... You know, disaster strikes in Tannehill's sideline. All right, I'm not going to get too down on the Browns for losing at home last week to the Lions. I mean, they'd won three games in a row, uh, asking four wins in a row with a team led by Brandon Whedon. It's tough, but now they're in a situation where they're three and three. They got to go to Green Bay. It does not seem to bode well uh, for the pack, for the Browns, and then you have the at the Chiefs the week after. So, Mark, I ask you, is it is the dream already over? I think there's a real problem because, obviously, listen, we don't need to go on with Weed, and we've discussed him before, but one thing that looks real different between him and Hoyer is that he's not finding Cameron until late in the game in garbage time. The key here for Cleveland is probably keeping it real close with a defense. Green Bay is a much better running team, and Cleveland's a very good team at stopping the run. And, uh, you know, Green Bay's missing a few of their, their players, potentially. But, no, this, there's nothing about this game that, that speaks positively for Cleveland winning. If Browns had a quarterback, the Packers would be ripe for the picking this week I think with so all too. of those injuries. Greg and I noticed they had some character named Andy Malumba playing outside linebacker. They had Jamari Lattimore making plays at inside linebacker. Uh, Micah Hyde played a good ro- big role in the secondary. And then on offense, if you look at – if James Joe doesn't play, Randall Cobb's out. McCarthy loves to run. He runs more four and five wide receiver sets than anybody in, in the NFL – Second half last week, they ran one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. 
that really cuts down on what he can do. Well, they had problems with Jared Boykin. He made a one play after the catch, but he slowed down that offense, the miscommunication between him and Aaron Rodgers. They scored one touchdown last week, and if if the Browns' defense, which is healthy, is as good as we've said all year, and they get back your boy Jabal Sheard, I know yep. you're excited about maybe their best pass rusher, they should be able to stay in this game. I think it will be one of these close games, but that it's going to come down to Whedon having to probably drive the team late fourth quarter, and we haven't seen that. So until we do, why should we believe that's something he's capable of? You are a factory of sadness! <laughs> and I, and I think, and I will say this about Whedon, Mark. I want to ask you a question. Let's say that we, we stay the course and Whedon eventually drifts away into the ether and he's looked back as a disappointment. What will be the vision that Browns, have, Browns fans have? Is it the caught under the American flag in the season opener or the flip pick on Sunday? What is, the, what is his butt fumble? I think it has to be the, I think the, the flick pick because, flick pick. you know, look, the, the Hoyer thing, and let's not elevate Hoyer beyond what he is, but he brought some hope to that team. And the contrast between what he was and what Whedon was when he came back is, is rough for that fan base. That just gave a great idea for a Hansis post at the end of the year. Like, what was the butt fumble of the season? And then you Ooh, go through. Good. I like this. Um, okay, let's move forward. Uh, Wes. Kansas City Chiefs, the NFL surprise team, undefeated, and now you have a desperate, tex- flailing Texans team that has gone, that skipped the TJ Yates era, went straight to the Case Keenum era. Uh, this doesn't seem like it's going to end well for Gary Kubiak. I question the timing of this move. Uh, if Case Keenum can be an alternative to Matt Schaub, you don't want to throw him in there in a rogue game, one of the hardest places to play in the NFL is Kansas City, against what we believe to be the best defense in the NFL. They lead the NFL in so many categories, sacks, passes, defense, interceptions. This is going to be a tough matchup for him, and I think they do need an alternative. They need a realistic alternative to Matt Schaub in case he can't turn his season around. Trying to win a game, though, right? Don't we always get on coaches for being so conservative? This was kind of a a gutsy pick by him. They're just trying to win a game, right? He thinks Keenum's the guy. Yeah, I... I can see that side of it, but I just I would wait a week and put him in where he has a chance. I don't think this gives him a chance to build momentum of any kind. It's the same reason Mark doesn't want to see Jason Campbell come in against the Packers. Yeah, we talked about this. I, I, I see what you're saying, Greg. It's like if you, if you really think Case is the guy, why wait? And maybe that plays out to be correct. But there's something to be said. You've got two backups, and if Yates is really not the guy, it, it almost— and he's not. He's not. And he's not, but we don't know if Case is either. I just I think Kansas City we proved last week was a disastrous setup for the visiting quarterback. I think it's it, the most amazing thing to me is when you see that Case Keenum is starting in Kansas City, how quickly the Texans franchise and how the season has devolved into total farce. It's a you know I I had that issue with the radio station in Houston. And I said eight and eight. You're looking I, good. I, I that looks. Why good. are you so generous? Yeah, and it, it it might end up being generous. I never saw this coming. Like who could have seen this season with this much talent on this team falling apart by the end of October? This is one of the best defenses in football going against Alex Smith. So they got a chance. Let's not just pretend they have no chance to win with one of the Hold best on. defenses in football against Alex Smith. One of the best defenses in football. Yeah. They're like first in yardage against and like fourth last in points against. Well, almost half of those points are from the offense. That's a good point. Um, all right, the, our final game, Mark, we don't need to spend too much time in this. Will will the Giants win? They're playing the Vikings on Monday night. You know, look, I appreciate these two teams because this looks <laughs> like an utter stinker, but 
What we get instead is Josh Freeman's first start, storyline right there, and we have Brandon Jacobs and Peyton Hillis in the backfield of the Giants. I like it. It's a fun game. I, I, I really, Thunder and blunder. I'm interested to see. The all-uncles backfield. All-uncles. My concern with Freeman is you gave him even a month that he's not really going to understand how to command another team's offense. I want to see him prove me wrong. They have a pretty simple offense. Let's see if how simple does it need to be for Freeman to run it. I just I'm not I'm not sure what we're going to get with this guy as quickly after what he's been through this season. It, it, it's an interesting game for him. What happens if the Vikings trade Adrian Peterson is one local columnist hinted <laughs> could happen or should happen. All bets are off then, right? Don't see that happening. It will never ever <laughs> ever happen. This would be a great. Ga- this is not a good game. I, I like that you. No, well, what I'm there. saying is, it is it is not a good game. But they've done their best to give us <laughs> yeah. something to be to, a reason to tune in. I'm going to watch it because I have to. <laughs> I want maybe to. if the Vi- I want to. maybe the Vikings got the ball in Cordero Patterson's hands more than once a game, it would be even more fun to watch. How do you think uh, Greg Jennings is feeling right now? Does he think he feels good about his situation? Nah, he's got a lot of money. Please, guy That's makes fun. a ton of dough. Probably lives in a really nice house. Right. Car that functions. They lost three defensive <laughs> it's starters. Better than you. They lost three. De- <laughs> it is. It's looking it's up. Got me beat. Um, what were you saying? Greg? Oh, uh, it does, it <laughs> Greg matter. was actually going to deal in facts for a couple <laughs> yeah, of why months. Why are you doing that? Um, all right. So that that is week seven. Uh, so we will be back on Sunday. We will recap all of the games, and that will be fun. Uh, K. Rich behind the glass. How are we coming along? We got some people interested in winning Wes's toaster next week? We do. We have a little bit of a lineup. People are waiting. So that segment's definitely coming on Wednesday. You nervous, Wes? Cue up, fellas. Wow. wow. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> we also have the great Greg Cosell from NFL Films on that show. So it's a Ooh, big Wednesday show. A lot that's a to grab bag. Cosell did you ever, is a stud. Did you ever think you'd see the day when Greg Cosell got upstaged by a toaster? No, I don't think anybody can. I'm not sure it. he has been upstage yet. Um, Those fighting words. A couple bits of housekeeping. You can see all of our picks, as Greg alluded to, either on the Pick'em page, but we say go to the Around the League blog. Check out um, our, our piece that we have where we have all the breakdown of the picks and the standings. A uh, few other things. The uh, My end around column will be up on today, Friday. Uh, Mark did a great game rewind piece that I really enjoyed about uh, Tom Brady's comeback. And uh, the Ravens' defense? Is that correct? Yeah, well, it's so clear that you read it. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked it. Uh, Wes, you did a a piece on uh, the top rookies so far this year. There was, we have a report, internal report, that a general manager in the NFL approved of it, so that's good. Yes, he told me to watch one of his players in particular to add him to the list for the next time I do it, but it seemed to go over well with him. And this is the same GM that does not like Mark Sessler. Mark. Reportedly, that's true, or at least I angered him. Maybe at this point, he's a little bit more in favor of my work, but I, I'm not sure of that. We will not I wouldn't reveal hold your GM. breath. No, I'm not holding my breath. And, uh, Mar- and uh, Greg, you have uh, your MVP forecast. Is that going to be a weekly exercise? It is a weekly exercise. <laughs> it has Call been the for NFL a while. Honors Watch. How about oh, that? Oh, Honors Watch. I like that even better. I wonder if they're going to get Baldwin again this year. That was great. They, they did. I they think locked that's him up a, again? I think that's official. I guess he's available now that 30 rocks <laughs> over. Um, all right, so that is it for the show. We will be back Sunday. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, K. Rich behind the glass, and, of course, Lyle, the intern. Until Sunday. Is Friday the national day to seduce? Yeah, it always is. <laughs> oh. 
I thought it was Saturday. A lot of people think Saturday, but they're wrong. If I had a girl in my life, I'd be able to pull off this seduction type Maybe of thing. you're just rusty. Maybe the reason why you don't have a girl in your life is because you forgot that Friday is the day. And not Saturday. Not Saturday. Oh, God. Come on. See, now everything is good. <laughs> you're tonight. Super Come on. Sleuth. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.